that you are all handling the code yellow or whatever the uh, phrase that they're using was. Um, and hope that you're able to enjoy a little bit of a break from our Zooms to this week. So the podcast proceeds as normal, and I will post something to Basecamp, a document to Basecamp that uh, works with some of these quotes that we're talking about tonight from Chapter 4 of The Public and Its Problems. And um, why don't you go ahead, Professor Sullivan's here. As usual. Why don't you go ahead and just read the first quote because it tells us a little bit about what we talked last week all about, like Dewey's very concrete and pragmatist conception of politics, about like the publics, you know, they create the agencies that congeal into the state and the government and da-da-da-da-da, right? So he gave us this particular kind of story. And here on the first page of chapter four, read your top quote there. All right, so on page 147, Dewey says, We have inherited, in short, local town meeting practices and ideas, but we live and act and have our being in a continental national state. Yeah, so this is something that kind of came up a little bit in um, both Wednesday and Friday, I believe, is this idea 
last week that like oh, I don't quite understand because it's not like like isn't it all connected was basically the question right okay. like where do we this doesn't make much sense as though there are like you could identify these discrete oh right between public and private you mean that kind of thing and just like where is there a private at all and like I mean isn't everyone in some ways bound by these unintended consequences with one another and da 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 like essentially okay. like maybe we're not all that separate and there's this way that Dewey writes about it in the first couple of chapters that seems to imply that we could identify some discrete publics right out there in the frontiers of western Massachusetts that have right. really very little to do with right. one another right. and only at a couple nodal points get connected you know what I'm saying yes, yes, yes. so the Dewey's like I get it I know I know there's a whole book here hang on <laughs> hold on hold the phone Dewey says yeah I get it. You're right. We are in this larger community, this larger political body, and there we do have to account for some way in which this has changed things. Okay. So that's what this chapter is about and some of the consequences of it. And it gets it goes to a couple of weird spots. Um so I don't know. I've actually I've actually got my book right here, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna like follow along, catch any typos <laughs> right away. And uh, you know. All right, should I move along here? Yeah, tell me where you are. Right, we're still on page 147. And Dewey says, Political structures fix the channels in which non-political industrialized currents flow. Railways, travel and transportation, commerce, the mails, telegraph and telephone, newspapers create enough similarity of ideas and sentiments to keep the thing going as a whole. Oh, excuse me. For they create... Sorry, for they create interaction and interdependence. Political and legal forms have only piecemeal and haltingly, with great lag, accommodated themselves to the industrial transformation. And that went over onto. Did when I were at 148. Right. After interdependence. Right, okay. But you have it all as one on this. Yeah, yeah, because it's the same paragraph. Right, so we've got these old political forms. And then we've got these new technologies that connect everyone together. Right. And yet, political and legal forms have only piecemeal and haltingly, with great lag, accommodated themselves to the industrial transformation. So have only caught up haltingly and piecemeal. Right. Well, I mean, I remember that in, from last week that what I found kind of strange of that moment where he was talking about this, right? Where it was basically like the state is always this kind of responsive. It's reactive. It's always lagging behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Increasing interconnectedness, increasing rapidity of communication. communication. Yeah, that's changing and that politics is Pretty slow. Pretty slow. Pretty slow. Pretty okay. slow. So that's still some more setup stuff. Skip the next one. I crossed it out there for okay. you. I, I have, it looks like I'm skipping ahead a little bit to page 153, where Dewey says, the public is so confused and eclipsed that it cannot even use the organs through which it is supposed to mediate political action and polity. Right. So one of the consequences of all of this, right, is that Dewey, through, through, through here, Dewey's kind of suggesting 
that all of this large connection via communication and technology mm -hmm. and industrialization has in fact created some kind of singular or um, single, excuse me, some kind of single state, some kind of single public. Okay. Okay? But in part because of the halting, piecemeal, lagging, out-of-date political structures, the public can't actually articulate itself at all to the, to the governmental processes. Right. So there is a public, but boy, we've lost the connection between the public and politics. Does that make sense? So the, one of the mm -hmm. consequences of the lag... Right, is that there's an increased disconnection between people and state institutions. Which Dewey terms an eclipse of the public here. Right. So confused and eclipsed, right. Yeah, and I guess I'm trying to think about that eclipse metaphor because it comes up a couple other times. Is and that I guess right? Yeah, and I guess the idea, right, is that you've got the state, right? It's like it's darkened, right, I would imagine, right? So. Well, well, you know, when you think about an eclipse, right, it's like the something comes in between the bodies, right? right? And so I guess what's come in between is industrialization and the whole apparatus of global connectivity. Because sure. he's going to talk about war later. We'll skip a little bit about World War One and in here, but that's the mm -hmm. consequence of this connection, this problem that he's identified, where we've got out of date political structures right. trying to handle novelty. Right. right, and then people just are like. And one of the th yeah. one of the things that that novelty did was kind of constitute a larger public. Right. Okay, you got it. I got it. All right. All right, so we're going backwards a little bit to... Going backwards one... to move forwards. Oh, wait, no, first... I think I read 154 first. There's a lot of different arrows here. And then 152. 154 and then 152. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It got a little bit Crazy. rocky. Yeah. Okay, so we're keeping moving forward. 154. As a rule... What decides the fate of a person who comes up for election is neither his political ex excellence nor his political defects. The current runs for or against the party in power, and the individual candidate sinks or swims as runs the current. So Dewey now is starting to talk about elections as like one of the mechanisms by which the public has any kind of input, right? Right. I liked having this particular reading right before an election. Right. And Dewey says, okay, yeah, sure, There's we've got these elections, and that seems to be one of the ways the public attempts to express itself, but, boy, it doesn't feel very satisfying. Right, because it's like it's like basically just a, a mechanism to be like, are we for or against What's whatever happening is happening right now? now? Right. This is, I mean, I think we would all agree with Dewey here that this is not much in the way of an articulation of the public interest. Right. Right, right. and then we probably, most of us feel something like this, right, in this moment. Like that we are feeling like we are voting either because we, what is it, the current runs for or against the party, right? That like if you're feeling, I mean, I guess this one suggests that it's more unified than. Are you trying to say very is. few people are excited about Joe Biden? <laughs> well, no, but I could. But I mean, I do think it is like, Okay, so that's like a real kind of negative way of putting it. And I mean, I suppose that 
I, I do actually remember elections where we were excited about a candidate apart, I think, from mm -hmm. the incumbent. Um, but yeah, this election in particular definitely feels like either you like think that Trump gets a thumbs up and you're like out for him again, or you think that Trump gets a thumbs down and then you're just voting for whatever is the not Trump. Right, and it doesn't feel very like you're part of a public. It just feels like a, a strange... Yeah, and even some of the signs, right? Like, I mean, whatever, there's all the normal political signs of like, you know, Trump signs and Biden signs and whatever. Um which our daughter is now counting all over the place and identifying which party different local officials are in mm -hmm. so that she can tally I it thought up. that was pretty smart. She was talking to me about it on the way. Uh, she was like, I think DeJoseph yeah. is a Democrat. Yeah. Because DeJoseph signs often went with in our America signs. Uh-huh, yeah. And I thought, well, that's smart. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh... But oh, what I, I was, was gonna say is that with my daughter's <laughs> political sophistication. Daughter is very smart. Um, what I was gonna say about that is, I feel like I've been getting a rundown of every funny sign, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you have the like dump Trump signs. Mm -hmm. You have the what's the one that she thinks is the funniest? It's like a get rid of the turd on November third or something. She thinks that one's very funny. Is, if you're ten. Uh, Poop no, joke. The a word political poop turd joke on a sign in someone's yard is very funny. Um, but yeah, where I think about that, you know, there's this by dawn. I haven't seen those. It's like B Y E D O N by dawn. Got the nope one down the street. The nope one, right? So my mom was talking to me the other night when I was talking to my mom on the phone, and she was like, "I was walking around. She, this is very funny. I didn't tell you about this, but my no. mom's like." Kind of a lot more Biden signs in my new neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Joel's mom, to be to remind everyone, is in Oklahoma, and there's not a lot of uh, in the, her old neighborhood. There would not have been no, 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 no. But in the new neighborhood, she moved and, to Midtown, and she was like, and she was like, I was out on my walk the other morning, and I saw this one sign that said "Nope" on it, and it had like. <laughs> The hair. <laughs> she was like, I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah. but it, all read, that to say, read the did next you tell one. her or had she figured out that it was the She hair? figured it out. Yeah. She figured um, it out. But that's all just to say that I think that I feel like in this moment, especially that this kind of current sort of metaphor of like, are you with or against the way the current is going? And you're mm -hmm. not saying much more than that with your vote, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm with the current, or I am against the current, and that's that. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna just read the next one. One. So now we're going back. Now backwards. we are going back going to 152. Um, instead, I guess we've hit the point in the semester. My podcast notes, which we just did my podcast first tonight, looked almost as bad as the notes that I've just been handed to you. Listen, pal. Listen, pal. <laughs> when we started the semester, we were making each other these very neat index cards that were, like, carefully labeled, and now we, like, give each other <laughs> these wrecks of a printout. It's just noting it for the students that, you know, mm -hmm. everybody... How the sausage gets made. No, oh. more everybody's struggling. <laughs> yeah, sure. Everybody's, everybody's doing their best. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I know. I know. I was telling them. Sometimes they're at 11 o'clock at night doing their work. 
<laughs> we don't have a 10-year-old wandering around going, I know. I know. I know. All right, page 152. Instead of individuals who in the privacy of their consciousness make choices which are carried into effect by personal volition, there are citizens who have the blessed opportunity to vote for a ticket of men mostly unknown to them and which is made up for them by an undercover machine in a caucus whose operations constitute a kind of political predestination. There are those who speak as if ability to choose between two tickets were a high exercise of individual freedom. But it is hardly the kind of liberty contemplated by the authors of the individualistic doctrine which guides the history of American political thought. Dewey, he was being a little sarcastic when he said up there about the blessed opportunity, uh-huh. just to make sure everyone caught that. And Dewey's being a little cheeky here. Uh-huh. It just sort of follows up and amplifies the, the point here, right? Is that like our only mechanism for... Oops, sorry about that. Going? I think everything's still working here. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even change the levels. Um, all Dewey's saying is that we're stuck with this whole two-party system, and we tend to execute that in a way that doesn't seem particularly aligned with any more sophisticated means of public expression. And I think the great irony here for Dewey is the way that the the problem has largely been created by this extensive method, these like extensive proliferation of more and more sophisticated means of communication. Right? We've got the newspapers, we've got the mail, we've got the telegraph, we've got the telephone. We've got all of these ways to communicate, and yet our political means to express the public will is this extremely blunt thumbs up or thumbs down. So he's so what you're saying is it's not all these communication methods that have caused this political problem, but that when we have more options in other areas that it lays bare this lack of satisfying choices politically? No, I think that there is a cause too, right? I think that I think that the cause in, runs this partic- it runs this way that we have been formed into now a national public by all of these larger means of communication and connection. And yet we have maintained a whole set of political structures that were developed and born in some kind of town hall democracy era. Now, does he then, though, so then part of the issue here in this quote, what we should take as important, is that now this blessed opportunity to vote, what we should take from that sense is of a ticket of men mostly unknown to us. That's a big part of it, yeah. Is that right? Because I was trying to think then what is actually the difference. And I guess if the town hall, though, prior, if this is a causal story, like prior to all this sort of national, broader kind of public, then presumably we would have just been in our little tiny town and we would have known everybody at town meeting and then our representative is like, I actually know that, oh, that's Tom from across the street. Also before the primary system, and so this part about the political caucuses that right, make this machines. act of political predestination is also relevant, right? That like not only are they unknown, but the methods of selection have become. Right, but that's not connected to the to recent the communication. Uh, no. 
Okay. All right. Makes sense? Yep. All right. So Dewey's just kind of set up the problem. This one actually I think is just going to be a lot of problems. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. Problems. Yeah, but I, I thought that there would the be like a... and it's problems. Yeah, right? I thought that this would be kind of like a... I thought maybe we could like have a pep talk for any Yahoo listening to this that might be thinking about sitting out the election. Yeah, well, we should definitely have... I doubt that there is anyone, but just in case there is anyone thinking of sitting out the election, I thought this could be like an opportunity for a pep talk. Okay. You could send them the picture of our family having voted. We voted. Voted early. Voted on Sunday. It's open in New York State. If you're registered here... It was super easy where we went. We didn't... Didn't even have to wait in line. Hardly wait in line. I mean, it was busy and felt like a civic moment, but wasn't wasn't a long wait. All right, page 154. Indifference is the evidence of current apathy. And apathy is testimony to the fact that the public is so bewildered that it cannot find itself. This now goes on to page 155. It may be urged that the present confusion and apathy are due to the fact that the real energy of society is now directed in all non-political matters by trained specialists who manage things while politics are carried on with the machinery and ideas formed in the past to deal with quite another sort of situation. Perhaps the apathy of the electorate is due to the irrelevant artificiality of the issues with which it attempts to work up factitious excitement. Apathy due to the irrelevant artificiality of the issues with which it attempts work up factitious excitement. I don't know what factitious means. Should we look it up real quick? We could. Factitious. Not fictitious, but factitious. Let's look it up. Yeah, I don't know that word. Not facetious. I'm just going to find it first. You're just going to find it first. I think I think you are. I think I am. You might be able to... Maybe able to do it. Um, all right, factitious, artificially created or developed, a largely factitious national identity. Mm-hmm. Phony issues. Bogus. 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 Bunk. Bogota. All right. So. So Dewey says we're all indifferent and apathetic because none of it matters. Yeah. Right. And people try to get us excited about stuff that we know is garbage. Right, that we're actually excited about other things where people who know what they're talking about are doing, are involved in. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just this, like, bogus excitement over things that are irrelevant. Now... I guess in this moment, that doesn't resonate with me. Tell me more. I actually feel like, A, no one gives a shit about specialists. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're, like, now all... Dewey is Dewey is dismissing this. It may be urged that the present confusion... Dewey is actually kind of dismissing this. think this is about... It's not, that's not the only... That's not, that's the, not the, reason. the real reason. Okay, so... So that's not the real reason. Well, that doesn't ring true to today either. But the part that I was going to say is just that I don't actually feel 
like insofar as I have apathy and when I think about my students' apathy mm -hmm. as it's communicated to me, obviously. Um, I don't think it's because people think that the issues are irrelevant or artificial. What do you think it is? I think it's that it's, I think it's more back to that current one that he identified first, and that like that it seems to me like a lot of the apathy is far more around like this kind of storyline of like, but neither party's any different. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. Nobody fixes anything anyway. Mm -hmm. That I feel like the like apathy isn't so much that, and I mean maybe in some ways it's because the issues are actually in this moment so huge like the, the connectedness has only increased and then right. now the issues are not only are like also defined by that connectedness so things like global warming mm -hmm. right which are just like immense and like how do you watch that uh, like think about that and even figure out what like it's like it's so hard to even think about what somebody would do i mean Yes, I think we could all make a platform of policies that would be better for the environment. But, like, do you know what I'm saying? It, like, is almost so huge that then I can see how... I feel like the apathy is more leading from... The scope of the problems scope to solve. The problems, yeah. And, the, and, like, the and again, maybe the mismatch still with the state. Like, what do we... Was, I don't think that... I think there's still insight to be taken from that earlier quote, right, about the mismatch of the state and its ability to actually tackle the problems that are matter you know, in society. Mm -hmm. Simone and I were finishing up this David Attenborough bird documentary. It's old. I don't know. We watched it in grad school, so. It's very maybe old from then. the 90s, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Because it wasn't new when we watched it, I don't think. It wasn't new. Anyway, the last episode has, like, all this, like, shit about how humans ruin everything. And it was, like, weird to watch it, like, this old, mm -hmm. like, doc about how we ruin everything. And it was like I was having a hard time. Like, I was a little teary about the whole thing, and Simone was really upset and was like, I hate humans. Like, she was like, it was like sort of hard to bear. And I was like, this isn't even like the half of what I could watch David Attenborough's mm -hmm. contemporary version of this episode, which is like, you know, fucking, what was it that Heather Heather B was saying that like, Think about like the walruses. The walruses just like falling off, like throwing themselves off cliffs. I mean, it's like, it's so devastatingly huge that like, I forgot we we're supposed to be giving a pep talk and now I'm just talking about how the world is ending. Go vote! <laughs> Go vote, everybody! <laughs> anyway, I got a little bogged there, but it's also 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, anyway. But I don't think it's a, right now the... Issues seem irrelevant. You don't think so? No. I mean, maybe the... Maybe the, mean, the government isn't taking up those big issues. Maybe what the government is taking up seems irrelevant. I don't think it's irrelevant, though. Should I keep going? Or do you want to... Sure, keep somewhere? going. Keep going. All Why right. don't you just keep going? 156 and 157. What, after all, is the public under present conditions? What are the reasons for its eclipse? Now here we're back to the eclipse. Mm -hmm. What hinders it from finding and identifying itself? By what means 
Shall its inchoate and amorphous estate be organized into effective political action relevant to present social needs and opportunities? What has happened to the public in the century and a half since, since etc. theory? What do you think that's supposed to be? One, what, did you say 56? 56 and 7. What has happened to the public in the century and a half since something theory of political democracy was urged with such assurance and hope? Century and a half since the theory of political democracy. Since the theory. Gotcha. Sorry about that. What yeah, what do you think has happened to the public? Well, what is the public under present circumstances? I don't know. I don't know, Dewey. I'm what asking is, you. What does Dewey think? Oh, what do I think the public is? Yeah. What does he define it as? This was last week. I need my like last week's quotes. Don't you remember? It was a Where? group of people who are affected by, who are aware of indirect consequences of other people's transactions and who are Do clamoring. they have to be aware of them? Yeah. Yeah, that's almost, that's so to, to important. To be the public, you have to be aware of your indirect consequences of your actions. No, not of your actions, of other people's actions on you. Oh, okay. You become a public when you say, like, oh, this person over here, like, is messing up my world, right? Like, I am having to bear the costs of someone else's activity. And I need to have that either compensated, I need to have that somehow managed, like, does this make sense? Yeah, but I don't understand why the public changes in this. Like what it means that what are the reasons for its eclipse? I don't, I feel like, like it seems like he's set up, the quotes that you've given me, set up the reasons that politics are no longer able to cope with the current broadening of the public. But I don't see why the definition of the public would need to change based on those things. Because the definition of the public is very, like it could capture a, a lot of changing circumstances. And interconnectedness, I feel like, would only make that definition of a public more easier to but there isn't a public I mean part of what Dewey is saying is that it's disappeared from view right what does he mean what does he have in mind in this moment what he has in mind is that there's very little sense of it seems as though the public is utterly disconnected from making any kind of decisions and that i mean he's also partly writing in a context where there is a great concern about whether the public could even possibly um develop the kind of capacity required to exercise any kind of civic skill he's writing in a moment where do we then have to exist in relationship to the state yeah, I mean, like, is there do you a mean public... like conceptually yeah, or conceptually? Like, conceptually, do we have to have a state to have a public? Like, is I mean, it... you're asking it in a couple of different. You're asking it at a couple of different registers. Like, is there some entity that controls people? Sure, but no, like, but I thought, but I thought the state for Dewey wasn't about controlling people. I thought the state for Dewey was about responding to the problems that they put forth 
based on right the like actions of others. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So Dewey's so ideal world Dewey is like the public creates a need, expresses a need, authorizes people to come along and solve that problem, institutionalize these consequences, thereby forming the state. Okay. Dewey in reality is talking about a world where all of these institutions have been formed. Right. But no longer have any meaningful connection to the kinds of popular public citizenry groupings that might reasonably want to exercise some voice through them. Right. Well, the question makes more sense to me if he partly sees the public in relation to the state. Do you know what I mean? If, like, definitionally he thinks about the public as in relationship to this. Does that make sense to you? you I feel like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The other part of the world that's happening in Dewey's, that's that's behind all of this historically, the context that he's writing in is a time when we are uh, we've passed the most restrictive immigration laws. Right. We're in this. We're in the middle of a, a huge right wing upswell. There's the Ku Klux Klan is going bananas. Is like basically. You know, the Ku Klux Klan is basically the Democratic Party. It's blowing up in the North. And there's probably limited labor laws, too, like, right? This would still be before some of the... Yeah, it's before, it's right before the most, uh, you know, dense development of of labor unions in the in the U.S. It's right before the New Deal. Right. Um, so, I mean, he, Dewey is writing in reactionary times. Right. right. I mean, and he's also... Clearly, I mean, I don't know, we just were talking about social movements in Bolivia here, but, I mean, in this sentence, by what means shall the inchoate and amorphous estate be organized into effective political action relevant to present social needs and opportunities? Which, again, is just, like, it seems to be this sense of, like, people very disconnected from politics and so unable to actually meet the contemporary needs in society. Unable to even express them for that matter, right? right? So obvious, so, th- so there's two sides of this. One is that people, one is that a public is not even really capable of forming, mm-hmm. and one is that it's not capable, that there's not really any means for it to, you know... Um, express itself through any kind of institutions. Right. Right, but it's both, right? That like, that is the, as a few quotes down will will demonstrate. For Dewey, it's both that like, the public can't even see itself as a public. All right, should I keep reading them? Sure. Get into it? All right, so in 157, the machine age has so enormously expanded, multiplied, intensive, and... In- intensified and complicated the scope of the indirect consequences has formed such immense and consolidated unions in action on an impersonal rather than a community basis that the resultant public cannot dis- identify and distinguish itself. Okay. And this discovery is obviously an antecedent condition of any effective organization on its part. Such is our thesis regarding the eclipse, which the public idea and 
interest have undergone? The eclipse, which the public idea and interesting. The public interest, maybe? Public idea and interest have undergone. There are too many publics and too much of public concern for our existing resources to cope with. The problem of a democratically organized public is primarily and essentially an intellectual problem in a degree to which the political affairs of prior ages offer no parallel. Right, I mean, this is a clearer articulation of what we were just saying. Problems are too big. Problems are too big. Then there's like the people have become isolated in this much more individualistic instead of community kind of or like they're more individualistic and less community based or communitarian or whatever so that it's what like what page is this on? 157 it's from the machine age mm-hmm right the problems are too big and the people are too isolated or too atomized or whatever we want to call it. Yeah, and I don't think it's that they're I don't think it's actually about atomization at all. No. It's formed such immense and consolidated unions and actions on an impersonal rather than a community basis. Is that shit is formed into oh, okay. these like large I mean, he's kind of telling a story about these large, almost corporate or bureaucratized, right. or lo like it's a machine yeah, yeah, age. Yeah, I get it. We've been processed by the machine rather right. than living in a community. Right. So it's not at all about atomization. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think I was reading that impersonal one more. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. You were just skipping the impersonal. Right. Okay. Right, and that just means that it's hard to have a public and a public interest. There are too many publics and too much of public concern. Okay. All right, moving on to page 161. An inchoate public is capable of organization only when indirect consequences are perceived and when it is possible to project agencies which order their occurrence. At present, many consequences are felt rather than perceived. They are suffered, but they cannot be said to be known, for they are not, by those who experience them, referred to their organs. It goes, then, without saying that agencies are not established which canalize the streams of social action and thereby regulate them. Hence, publics are amorphous and unarticulated. Mm-hmm. So this is the part where I do think the public and the state have a, like you can't really have a public without a state that channels those concerns. Well, partly the public creates that. Right. But it's also, the public and creates And they become it, a public when, they become a public in part by creating some kind of by creating a state, right? right? right There's a. Right. Otherwise, they're a neighborhood and they're solving their own problems kind of privately. Right. Or, or whatever, right? Like, until they have to authorize someone else to take care of their problems, they're not really a public. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. It's a kind of an important distinction for Dewey, right? Because there's plenty of people that can operate. I mentioned this in one of the Zooms. I can't remember if it was on Wednesday or Friday. Um, but 
it's an, kind of an important distinction that you can still have lots of private associational right. life right. where right. you're able to solve your own problems. You become right. a public when things are are larger or are more indirect from you and you need something beyond your own associational life to solve or regularize right. the consequences that you're facing. Well, and I see here in this quote, as I look at it, the part where you were saying at the beginning that the there's a causal relationship with this increasing complexity of the world mm -hmm. because the consequences have to be perceived and known. They can't just be felt and suffered. Right. And so where you get, I mean, this goes back to my global warming kind of example, but I mean, we could come up with a variety of them of just like. Think how long it took us to get from the civil rights movement to Black Lives Matter, right? Where you're talking about how long it took to, f to actually identify the consequences, right? Like systemic problems like this. I feel like that's another example of the ways in which it just takes a long time to actually be able to articulate the causes. Sure. Well, I think that example seems to me to be... I feel like that one is actually more clear than some of these other issues. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, global warming is caused by burning carbon Fossil. to, cr and, right. and it's caused by like factories that produce all our shit, right. right? Like, if you stopped production of all of our garbage, right, then you'd reduce emissions, right? Right. Like, it doesn't seem to me like it's any. Right. Maybe it's not. I maybe mean, but I mean, I guess then we do sort of know them, but most people don't. I don't know. I mean, Dewey's tricky in, in this way of, like, yeah. I mean, maybe all sort of philosophy is a little bit like this, right? Where it's, like, hard to... Well, I mean, I think it took... I think it's actually taken a long time for all of those, for yeah. us to be able to articulate this stuff, maybe right? So. Like, it takes a long time to have the language to describe this. I mean... Like, how long did it take for consciousness-raising groups in the 1970s of women to describe right. their experiences, right? Like, it just takes a long time. Right. And to recognize that that was a systemic problem that was shared among women. Right. Right? I mean, that's right. the and kind I mean, of... Certainly that's true, right? And when I mean, when I think about that in social movements and social action, that that process of formation from something that's felt and suffered to something that is also to some degree, like, thought and understood and, like... Well, becomes rational yeah. and regular and predictable. I mean, rational. I'm, I'm, I don't mean yeah. rational. I mean rational in terms of like systematic. Like, well, and sometimes even it's like, yeah, I think systematic, but but also just yeah, that like it's been put through an analysis. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's what Dewey says is required for something to become really right. like the public, because I mean, otherwise it's hard to make a demand, right. right? Like, it's hard to say, hey, fix this, right? And you're right. not going to get much in the way of institutional action unless right. you've got, like, hey, can you fix this? Like, we're hiring you, Mr. Garbage Inspector, to, like, make sure that... I don't. Right. I mean, I don't know what a garbage inspector does, honestly. I don't know. Jane Adams served as a garbage inspector <laughs> in her neighborhood, but I can't remember... What that meant. What that I meant. Know. I know she went around in a wagon... And looked at garbage, but like <laughs> what she was doing to inspect it, I don't know. I don't 
maybe inspecting. I, I don't know. I don't know. Making yes. sure that the municipal franchise, I mean, probably what was happening was that she was making sure the garbage was actually being Be picked, picked up. up. That would, yeah, that would, would be, be my guess. guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 164. Political apathy, which is a natural product of the discrepancies between actual practices and traditional machinery, ensues from inability to identify oneself with definite issues. These are hard to find and locate in the vast complexities of current life. When traditional war cries have lost their import in practical policies which are consonant with them, they are readily dismissed as bunk. Only habit and tradition, rather than reasoned conviction together with a vague faith in doing one's civic duty, send to the polls a considerable percentage of the 50% who still vote. Vote. <laughs> vote. I mean, really, that quote's here just to say vote. vote. Whether you do it for habit or whatever. Right, right, right. I don't care. I don't care why you vote. I don't care who you vote for. Vote. That's all. I agree. Vote. All right, page 166. Okay. It is not that there is no public. No large body of persons having a common interest in the consequences of social transactions. There is too much public. A public too diffused and scattered and too intricate in composition. And there are too many publics for conjoint actions which have indirect, serious, and enduring consequences are multitudinous beyond comparison. And each one of them crosses the other and generates its own group of persons especially affected with little to hold these different publics together in an integrated whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this sounds like when we were just talking about the mosque in Bolivia. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like too much public. Yeah. Public so diffused and scattered and intricate. Yeah. Crossings, many crossings of different kinds of groups with their particular interests, right? I mean... Yeah. And so Dewey is after some way of creating the possibility for a large public to express itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And I mean, I think this is, I think... And even to constitute itself, it seems. To see itself as a, a shared public, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously Dewey didn't solve this since we're still, I think, struggling with this. Um, but that's, that's the kind of big picture of what he's after in terms of the critique here. Okay. So, I mean, what I, I, I guess I want to know, you're a political scientist, I'm a political scientist. Like, what's the, what's the direction here? To make a public? Yeah. I don't know. Right now, the public feels more afraid than ever. More afraid? Yeah. Like uh, coming apart, not afraid. Yeah, afraid. Afraid, mm -hmm. coming apart. In the sense of, I was thinking about this, like, too diffused, too many pub. There's too much public. A public too diffused and scattered and too intricate in composition. And there are too many publics for conjoint actions which have indirect blah, blah, blah. 
but I feel like I feel some sense of. Okay, like so let's it, back up a second. Then, is it even desirable to try and imagine a large public? Like, should we aim for unity here? I mean, I mean, again, this is like totally informed by the fact that I have just been thinking about the social movement party in Bolivia, but I mean. I feel like the lessons there and the lessons from some of the stuff that I've been thinking about with my social movements class this semester is that that coalition building is good. Um, and it's not to say that, or let me not say it's good. Let me say that like political change tends to follow coalition building, right? So whether coalition building is or is not good in some normative sense, we see that it does help us get political change. And mm -hmm. that the more isolated you are, the less that you're often able to. So making demands across purposes can be, you know, um, fruitless for both, for anyone, for all parties involved. Right, that you can end up with nothing, right? right? That like, if you're just like, with your public and you're like making demands on the state and then somebody else is with their public and they're making demands on the state, I mean, if those things cross, then you can end up getting no policy that benefits either party, right? right? So like both parties are stuck in this like subpar status quo, both groups, right? As they are trying to extract something that they can't, like there can't be movement because there's too much conflict. So I mean, I guess in that sense, I think there are values at least in, like maybe the coalition doesn't have to be everybody, but that like, that there are good reasons why broader coalitions can help help us see mm -hmm. this. And I mean, I think about like, I mean, I know there's all kinds of problems where this didn't fully work, but there's this style of governance called participatory budgeting. And when it's done well, one of the things that's interesting about it is that it's a very transparent kind of laying out of the needs of the community, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is you, to participate, particip like well done participatory budgeting, is that you come to see like not only the things that like systematically think about the things that are affecting you, but then also understand that that is like linked to the fates of things that are affecting other people and other groups and you know whatnot. And so mm -hmm. that you have to sort of understand whatever is going to remedy your situation can't be so great that it takes away from the ability to remedy someone else's situation. So do you want to know something? Is that the Tomorrow's Neighborhoods Today, the uh -huh. TNT group, emerged out of this kind of movement toward more participatory budgeting. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the Tomorrow, this is an actual organization in the city of Syracuse. One of the problems with it is that it is an inconsequential amount of money. Right, yeah. And an inconsequential set of decisions. Right. So it really ends it's up like, just being some garbage cans. a small grant, basically, yeah. right? Like the TNT becomes just like a little civic organization that gives mm -hmm. out like a $5,000 grant 
to some organization that petitions them right. rather than actually having some kind of consequential decisions to make. Right, and I mean, at least when I went to TNT meetings, it wasn't like I was really understanding fully the city as a whole's priorities, right? With no. like old people complaining about homeless people and prostitutes. Yeah, I mean, crime or honestly. whatever. Like, has, yeah. Um, um. But so part of, I think, in, in, in other words, I, I want to emphasize one of the ways that we can see Dewey pushing toward much more democratic forms, right? That like part of what has to happen is there have to be spaces in which people are trusted to make decisions over consequential things. Right. 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 So to tie it back to that whole electoral right. thing where like and our democracy is a thumbs up or thumbs down, right. our blessed opportunity right. to choose between two candidates who we don't know, who we don't know <laughs> has to, to be stream or get rid of it. Yeah. That we have to we have to actually create new spaces in which the public might express itself. Right. And in ways that that are consequential decisions that matter for us. Right. right? And in that way, the public can start to see itself, right? Like if we had, right. if our ward, right, if what they did in the city was just, div- I mean, this is an insane plan. Do not actually follow this because I'm just talking off the cuff at nearly midnight tonight. But like if each ward, instead of, instead of having like our common counselor, if each ward was like, here is your, you know, chunk of the pie, of the city tax revenue, give us a proposal. Mm-hmm. That would be a different world, right? Yes. yes. It would be a radically different world. Yeah. Well, it's like very different. I think than f- I think that when you are given, I don't know. I've now I've sort of it's late, so I don't even think I could locate the quote again. But like, yeah, I thought you were going to nod off there for a second. The, <laughs> I'm not nodding off. Just thinking. Um, Closing my eyes to think deep <laughs> Closing thoughts. Closing my eyes to deep thoughts. I've sort of reclined during this podcast. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the first quote that was about the, like, artificial, what was it, like, the, the meaningless issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like giving, a like, a city, a group in a city like Syracuse where the needs are so immense mm-hmm. $5,000 is like giving, I'm making up that amount that was a out of the hat amount they were like that though because I'm not kidding that when I, I was going I, those meetings were like all this like argument like these trash cans the city trash cans are like stupid expensive they cost like 1500 bucks you gotta to, bolt like, them down and the whole yeah. thing yeah so anyway it's like so the whole thing was like about these like there had been this great success in our local TNT because they had gotten some trash cans which I mean is important. Like, don't get me wrong. Like mm-hmm. having a place to sanitation, having a dignified place to yeah. walk around, and, and not it was feel like, like putting them garbage. near, putting near them near the like bus stops, so that like people weren't just like waiting for the bus amongst a bunch of garbage. Like, so I don't want to like downplay the small things that can make a difference in a neighborhood, but I also feel like in that first quote that was like about the like you're supposed to get excited over that bogus, you know. Garbage cans? I'm getting excited over garbage cans? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Why should I get excited about a garbage can? It's just a garbage can. Well, I'm like, why should I really get excited over this, like, three grand that I'm going to get for these two trash cans? Like, mm-hmm. but, like, we all know that this is, like, this, like, 
the, the, the we're generating this excitement over kind of nothing, right? That like, you know, we have all these kids in our city that like can't afford to mm-hmm. eat proper meals each day, you know? And like, mm-hmm. we're like, we got our neighborhood a garbage can. And again, like I said, garbage can is all good, but like we're not talking about the actual substantive shit that we need, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about like, we're gonna, f- and I, okay. And what I was gonna say that I lost my train of thought was that then it like, I feel like prompts the opposite of participatory budgeting it, at its best, right? Helps you to like situate yourself in the other problems of the city so that you can kind of actually like, I mean, going back to Adams, like see the size of other people's burdens and then help kind of rank your demands compared to mm-hmm. others. And like, I think it's it's like done well. It can like really provide this opportunity to see others. But when the m- money is so minuscule, I feel like then you're just like fighting with another neighborhood for their trash cans. You know, mm-hmm. it's like who gets the trash cans? And because it's so inconsequential, it's hard to make that into a thing where you're truly seeing other people's needs, right? Because you're just like, whatever, it's just trash cans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, creating all that public, proliferating the publics is is great for those, uh, what did he call them, those caucuses that meet clandestinely to... Whatever. Um, listen, skip that last quote. One? I thought okay. maybe if we got through the other stuff faster, we could go through it. The last quote is completely bananas, but it's it's on a topic that you and I both like, uh, symbols and stuff ah, like that. Yes, but we don't have time for that. Um, sorry to say. It was on page 169, so maybe you guys can think about it in basic. Oh, it's, it's what I will um, be mm-hmm. breaking down for, for the class on, on base camp because I think it's actually a really fascinating quote. Um, anyway, so don't forget to vote if you haven't already. And uh, Ham Votes exists. You can email hamvotes at, at hamilton.edu if you've got any questions about how you might be able to to vote. Um, I think the New York State registration deadline has already passed, so that means... Hopefully you're registered. You, I hope you're registered in NY22. Um, but if you're registered at home, if you're registered your at home, ballot has been sent off, and I hope so. I hope so. Um, I will look forward to seeing you all after you've had a week of, um, you know, a little time away from Zoom, and um, yeah. hope you're all doing well. See you in a week.